right, so ever since my last episode, like I said this before, but it feels like, you know, when I am on my podcast, when I when I get on here and I speak about something like from my heart, I feel like it's been on my heart. I really realized that, like, you know, even though it's made it seem like nobody's listening, you know, sometimes I feel like I'll be, I feel so much more comfortable if nobody was. But that's not, you know, I don't want to complain about that anymore. I spent too much time complaining about that. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I just feel like, you know, when I speak about certain things, I can definitely expect for, you know, moving forward throughout that day for that to be the main thing that they attack, whatever it is that I had, I have mentioned. And they, you know, you know, I say they, but I mean Satan. And so Satan's minions, agents of darkness and demons. That's what I mean by they. So, I want to talk about, you know, what happened after the episode I made earlier. So, I worship God with some worship music for a little while. And then I listened to the Bible. And then I went to sleep. And... I had a dream. I had a really messed up dream or vision. All I know is I was like in this neighborhood that I've seen before in previous visions, but it feels like it's like better a little. And then it reminds me a little bit of certain neighborhoods I've seen on TV as well. So it was a mixture of a neighborhood I've seen before in visions a neighborhood I've actually lived in, and a neighborhood that I've seen on movies or TV shows. And I know why my mind, why why my visions are like that, because my mind automatically goes to a place when I'm watching TV shows or movies, and I see a neighborhood that looks like it's a really good neighborhood to raise children in or to grow up in. Or immediately, I am imagining or fantasizing about growing up there and being happy or something like that. So I know my visions look like that because it's in a way an escape for me. So I see that a lot of my visions, I realize that God is dealing with that in me. It might be a little bit of resentment, resentment there, but it's also kind of like in a way what makes me who I am because while I grew up without things and I don't want to make this a sob story, but while I grew up without things, I would see people with these things. And I think only because of the grace of God, I I never really resented them in their lives or was jealous in a way where it, it made me, you know, very bitter. Only by the grace of God was I still able to be happy, but that's because I would travel to a happy place in my mind that told me and that showed me. I can I, I can live there now. Like I remember as a child, you know, 
And I didn't even realize, like, this is what I was doing because I feel like it was, like, and this goes back to me being somebody else in my heart than I can actually be off in this world. In this world, I had to put on this, like, really hard, like, I had to hide behind this shell and I had to bury, burrow my emotions because when I would show signs of weakness, like, you know, why don't we have these things or don't we deserve these things or... Wouldn't it be nice if we could live in this kind of neighborhood? What about if we grew up, you know, with everything that we're supposed to have? And, like, you know, I would be like, they'd be like, white girl. Or, like, you know, that's corny. And they would laugh at me. Or, you know, they would just, you know, kind of, like, disassociate with me. And... I am not resentful about that either. Like I'm not resentful about that, even though I am. It's weird because it's like God is dealing with different things in me right now. He's showing me that, you know, one of my defense mechanisms is taking the pain and turning it into something good. Doing my best to turn it into something beneficial for me. That's how I survive. I take the pain that people give me. I take all the the unfair circumstances and I, I in my mind, in my heart, I fantasize them into something that can be beneficial for me. So for example, when I would see these neighborhoods, I would say to myself, you know, when I take it and imagine myself in these neighborhoods, I would say to myself, you know, just I would find the qualities in myself that I felt even deserved to be in those neighborhoods, which is a little messed up, but because why wouldn't you deserve to live there? It's not because of what you did and did not deserve that you couldn't afford these circumstances. But it's just I would tell myself that there's certain things or certain ways I can go about it so that either I can deserve these things one day or so that I can find whatever qualities it is in these people that are living there that I can actually apply right now in the circumstances that I have right now, even if it's little by little or bit by bit. I'm going to do that and I'm going to just let it build up secretly and quietly and off to the side and like I'm burying it because I don't want anybody to tear it down. But I tell myself, you know, I get the best of both worlds that way. I get to experience what they, you know, experience in the happiness of their neighborhood. You know, I feel like, you know, growing up in a healthy environment, while growing up in an unhealthy environment, learning all the survival tactics, all the survival instincts and all the things that, you know, teaches that you have to learn growing up in a, you know, unstable or maybe poor environment. Because it doesn't mean it's unhealthy just because you're poor. But pretty much, because I can't find the words. Excuse me. Pretty much, I would say to myself, you know, it teaches you resilience. It teaches you, you know, survival instincts. And that's for lack of better terms, because I really want to say, you know, I don't want to say compromise, because... I mean, compromise in the best way possible. And I feel that compromise has been, you know, f- f- as of late, 
one of the one like place and so, like automatically my mind goes to a bad place. But yeah, it teaches you how to go without. It teaches you to appreciate what you have, and it teaches you to appreciate the the best things in life, which money cannot buy. Like family and love and closeness, it, it it draws you closer to the people around you because you are made to overcome very hard circumstances together. And you learn that, you know, this is what's most important. And that that gets built up so strong. And it's, I think it it just places something in you that not, like nothing else in this world. Like it's a priceless quality. Do I feel that money would have deprived us of that? I feel that, honestly, that was something that I told myself in order to survive certain times. I would tell myself that money would deprive us of this. But over time, you know, God dealt with that with me as well, where he's like, I don't want you to feel that, you know, these circumstances don't exist in this world where money could deprive you of certain things. Because there's people out here who aren't allowing that to deprive them of certain things, though it may be common. That money, with people with money, you find that they're deprived of these qualities. It would makes it, you know, which makes it one of the benefits on your end being in these circumstances. But I don't want you to think that that cannot exist as well, especially in me and with me. And so I just always felt like, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to depend on it. I don't need to depend on the thought that somebody out there while they may have this, they'll never have that. Like, no, somebody can have all of it. And that's something that for years I have dealt with with God. Like a lot of my prayers in my heart have consisted of that very question. Why didn't we get the perfect life? Why couldn't we have these things? We deserve these things. What or what what we what would what would have been what would have had to been different about us for us to deserve these things and that would in a way want to spark up and harbor and create resentment for God but he didn't allow that God kept me I love him so much because he kept me in these circumstances and when I wanted to harbor resentment over the years for things he didn't let that happen because he taught me the importance of being grateful for what you have and also not being entitled. You know, even though you want to be resentful because you're like, I'm not entitled, you know, and I still don't get anything. And it's like, you try. I know there's many people who try being grateful for their circumstances and they felt there was nothing to be grateful for. And then they've tried being the best person they can be and they found that they still didn't get anything but bad. You know, I'll, like it, they, nothing changed. Things didn't get better. They didn't get what, you know, they wanted. They tried praying. All these different things. They did everything they thought that they could do in order to deserve or be able to afford these circumstances. And nothing worked. So that made them harbor resentment for God. That didn't happen with me because I felt that I was able to understand that, you know, even when I couldn't understand it, there's nothing you could have done or nobody or nothing that you don't don't nothing that you do not have that someone else does that gets that that affords them that 
you know, outside of logic. You know, their parents work good jobs and they created, you know, a stable home for their family. So therefore they they didn't grow up poor. They, you, they didn't go through certain things like that. They grew up in a more stable environment outside of those logical things. Because when it comes down to it, I feel that it's really all spiritual. So, of course, logically, somebody would say, listen, this, is, this doesn't have anything to do with God. Your mother or your father should have, you know, worked harder to provide better for you guys so that you guys will never ruin up in these environments, etc. And sure, that sounds logical, rational, whatever you call it, but there's just, there's, and this is getting hard for me to explain this only because I'm pulling this from a place that really matters. And I know that Satan does not want this. He does not want this. But you know what? I'm going to keep fighting for it because I know it matters. But all I know is it's deeper than that. Because, of course, my parents could have worked harder. Of course, they could have taken different um options or routes in life that could have landed us somewhere more stable. Of course, things could have been logically or rationally better for us, and that could have solved a lot of financial issues in our lives. But when you see a pattern in your family, when you see a pattern spiritually, you realize it's deeper than just becoming financially savvy or, you know, fighting hard to be stable you know, as far as anything you've lacked growing up, you realize it's deeper than that. And only, and also the circumstances that we grew up in also show, it, it helped to reveal that as well. Maybe it would have been harder to see if we were financially, more financially stable. But I don't want to use that as a crutch or an excuse. But it's spiritual. Is spiritual and it like you just notice a pattern and ups and downs and never being able to get ahead and even when you are ahead never truly being able to grasp or hold on to or being able to kind of expand that so that it's past just you that is financially stable in your entire family like your whole family is able to get on their feet and remain on it. Now, people make excuses all the time. I can't take responsibility for them. I have, this doesn't have anything to do with them. Or I can't choose or make the decisions for them. They're, you know, it's not my fault if they can't make it and they can't remain financially stable. Especially if you are the person that is, you know, the breadwinner in the entire family. But... When you understand that it's spiritual, you understand that, yeah, you do have to take responsibility for that. Because in not taking responsibility responsibility for that, even though you may have solved the problem for your family, you or your family, immediate family in particular, not being concerned about the descendants of the family or more extended family or where this goes and if this can even be carried after you is an issue because you are surviving, but no one else is. So what happens when you die? 
Will anybody else survive after you? You're hoping that you can instill that in your children enough. But if you see surrounding family members not being able to survive or grasp onto that, then you realize that it's deeper than just instilling that in your children. It's going, it can be possibly lost somewhere down the line. Meaning, are you going to be able to continue that and see a continuance in that? And if you're not considering that, you know, I don't know what to call it. I don't know what to call that. But it becomes spiritual because even if you're not considering God in all that you do and you're not fighting spiritually, you realize that it's so hard. It's very hard if you decide to be the breadwinner or if you decide to be the one with the money or if you end up that person that individual it's very hard especially with surrounding family members not being able to do that or maintain that I feel like I'm not getting I feel that I'm not getting the point across I really want to get across like what's really in my heart what I'm really trying to say and God knows what I'm trying to say God reveals God reveals to you the issue. He reveals to you the hindrance. And a lot of times when it's revealed to you, you are saying to yourself, I knew that already. Or of course that makes total sense. Like obviously that's what it was. This is, you know, it makes so much sense. And if you are, you know, depending on where you where you want to be and how you want to consider things. You can feel like the explanation of it makes total sense, even without explaining it with God. Spiritually, and then when you think about it spiritually, you know, it can be that they can be equal. They can make equal sense. Is what I'm saying. But for me, finding about finding out about it spiritually made me feel like this makes more sense than just the situation at hand. Meaning with when you're trying to rationalize it, even no, because I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from people's logic outside when they when they're not considering God. I don't want to take anything away from that because then that makes me feel like I need that and I don't need that crutch. God is who he is. He's amazing. And the way he does things is so much greater and bigger anyways without taking anything away from anyone who doesn't want to consider him that's coming to some of the same conclusions. It kind of reminds me of Pharaoh and his, you know, consultants. They would be able to perform some of the same signs but when it came to actually being able to take it as far as God or to be able to do everything that God was able to do. They weren't able to do that. There was a certain limit where they stopped. There was only a certain place that they could take it as far as. And God, he, you know, he could have done so much more. But he was able to, you know, show his power just a little bit more than, you know, I won't say a little bit more. It could have been a lot. It was a lot more. But he was able to show his power just enough, just enough that was needed. And it surpassed anything that they were able able to do. All of them combined. And imagine this is Pharaoh. This is the, the, the 
most powerful king in the whole, in the world at the time, besides our God. So that's kind of what it reminds me of with logic today. Kind of compare, I kind of compare like the way God wants things to be done and worshiping him and dedicating your life totally to everything else. All of these other explanations or reasons or religions or whatever it is that you are using to explain the different things that you face and deal with daily. So there's like this thing that's been this whole thing the whole time where it's like, no, everybody goes through this uh, this time in their life where it's like it's a battle between conquering you know, who you've always wanted to be and overcoming, you know, breaking through, you feel like it feels like a threshold to become who you're supposed to be. This is when you mature the most. This is when you learn the most about yourself. This is when you overcome things that you've been battling with your whole life in order to be successful and become successful. Everyone faces this in their lifetime. Everyone has to go through this in their lifetime, whether they believe in God or not, whether they believe it's spiritual or not. And I've entertained that too. I, I won't say entertained it. I'll just say I've accepted that. I've accepted that while still holding tight and definitely 100% remaining confident in who God is and who he's showing me he is. Because it feels that, you know, a lot of times it doesn't feel like they're trying to take anything away from God, which it can be dangerous because you say to yourself, well, they're not doing this with anything to gain. That's just their honest opinion. But Satan is very subtle. He's very subtle and he's very sneaky. And so he'll try and make it seem as if with or without you, this is a logic that people believe. With or without you, this is something that's happening. With or without you, this makes sense and this works. And then you make and then you feel like, okay, so if with or without me that makes sense and that works, and I actually feel like I see the logic in it or I feel that it's rational, then it's not that they're trying to pull me away from God. I may truly be missing out on something in life if I let this opportunity to learn or grow more, maybe in that way or in that aspect. If I let that go get away from me, I may be missing out on something in life. So maybe I should start, you know, venturing off, expanding my horizons and seeing maybe if that will work for me better. And he's so subtle with it. I've, I've caught him. Let me give the glory to God. God has caught him on so many different occasions trying that with me. But my faith in God is so strong that I'll 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 say to myself, you know, well, yeah, I would consider that. That sounds very interesting or it sounds like it makes a lot of sense or it, it couldn't hurt anything to at least consider it. But I'll find myself saying that doesn't mean that I'm not going to remain, you know, solid in my foundation of believing in God, though. Meaning I can consider the rationality of it, the logic and it can make sense and maybe it can help me grow or thrive in certain areas. Of course, I'll take that opportunity. Why not? But it, I will not completely abandon my belief in God. Like that's still going to be there. And I find that a lot of times when I want to do that or go that way, it feels like I can only go so far without abandoning God completely. And that's how subtle Satan is. Because I don't know if this is just only me but 
I think about the thought process and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so I'll accept this logic and then I'll, you know, delve more into it, find more out about it, educate myself on that, maybe try and excel in that area, apply myself and give it my best and do the best that I can to learn as much and do as best as best as I possibly can within my power in order to grow in that area and see where I can make it and the in the levels I can make it to. And then it feels that my thought process wounds up always at a place eventually where it's like, okay, but if you're ever faced with the decision of letting you need to let go of God in order to broaden your perspective more. God is holding you back from certain, you know, areas where you could thrive more. You could grow more. You could expand so much more. This could be the difference between success or failure. And I'm like, nah, that's not going to work then. That's not something that I can, that's not going to work for me. It's not for me then. Because if if I can't take God with me, then it's not for me. He is a part of my life. And he is my foundation. So without him, I have no foundation. And I can't imagine delving so deep or far into something, hoping to accomplish something and everything being ripped up underneath, ripped from up underneath me. And I hope to replace it with this newfound logic. But this but God, who's had my back my entire life, has been carrying me all the way up into this point and got me to where I'm at and made me who I am. And I expect for something or someone or any logic or any perspective to be able to replace that. I just won't risk him. I just won't risk him. And that's where I get disconnected with people who believe that it's hindering me, that God is a hindrance instead of, you know, an anchor. So it's frustrating I mean, I won't let it frustrate me. I don't usually let it frustrate me because I just, I count on God. I depend on him. And I, you know, I just had that much faith in him that, you know, even though opportunities seem like they're slipping between my fingers or slipping, they're just like right there. And all I have to do is just, it's just a small little step. And I can't take that step without you. And it feels like I am abandoning so many opportunities and I don't know where I'll end up. And I'm always often, almost always told you won't be anybody. You won't you're not going to be able to be anything because you're lacking, you know, something and they want to call it fear, but it's not fear. I don't fear what I can I don't fear what's out there for me. I don't fear taking advantage of certain opportunities, but I do fear losing God because I fear God. And if that's fear, you know, whatever because I'd rather fear God and fear nothing outside of him than not fear God and fear everything outside of him. So I just I just realized that and I pick up on I picked up on that and so many times I'm crying out to God. I find myself coming back to God and crying out to him, God, why aren't you providing opportunities then? Why are why does it feel like everything's being danced in my face, danced over me and you know, kind of like and, you know, tempting me and 
pl- like I'm being played over my 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 wants, my dreams, my desires in life. They're being played over because every single time I get to that point of really feeling like I I can excel in an area, they're requiring that I let go of you. And why won't you provide these things for me? Why is it always a million different opportunities without you, but very few with you? Why does it feel like that? Because I don't believe it. I don't believe that there's very few opportunities with me. Let me be very careful. Excuse me, with God. Let me be very careful. There's abundant, way more abundant opportunities with God. If it were true that there was way less opportunities with God than it were without him, then you know, that would that would obviously, you know, contradict what I just said. Why I'm choosing him because he's always better. He always has so much more than anything else in this world can offer. So obviously I believe there's always more opportunities with God, but I'm always, you know, I found myself so many different times up until this point running back to God and wondering why I can't do things and why I can't excel. Why can't I, you know, I see other people, I see you know, people being able to excel in these areas and they're doing all these different things and what makes them more capable than me, you know, not given that I, you know, know for a fact whether they were willing to abandon God or not, because I don't know that for a fact. But I will say that God has shown me that, you know, it. a lot of times you know that, you know, like they were willing to let him go or they were willing to at least compromise their belief in him in order to make it to certain levels. And if they have done that, not that you know that, but if they have done that, then they have nothing. And I know that. I know that. But I don't know if they did that. I don't know why I'm not getting these opportunities. I don't know why, you know, and me holding on to you and being loyal to you why am I not afforded anything? I take that back. I keep saying I'm not afforded anything as if I don't have everything that I need and more. But why does it feel like you won't provide these things? You know, you are a God of almighty power. You have full control over everything. So why won't you provide, even if just to prove that their way is not always the best way or the only way? I've seen you do it for others. Why won't you do it for me? And I asked this question many different times, but I never harbored resentment for it felt like not getting answers. Like I'm not getting you know, the answers that I want. I'm not being provided the opportunities that I want. And every single time a new opportunity is, you know, set before me, it's again the same thing. You can only make it so far before they are actually in a way trying to urge you to abandon your faith or belief in God. They're saying that it's a hindrance. They're saying that it's a setback. They're saying that it's keeping you from new levels. And I don't understand why it always comes. I understand why it always comes down to that when I know about God. But why does it feel like that's the one thing that they're saying it doesn't have anything to do with when I know it has everything to do with that? And when you're not considering that, then why? So a lot of times it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't, but it does. 
And that's more of the, the like the two the two halves, the core and then the shell. On in the shell, I have to be a certain individual in this world in order to survive. And I don't I'm learning that I don't have to be that, but all the way up until this point, I believe that I had to be that. And in my core, I am someone else. Now, as far as my shell, I think that, you know, I don't want to speak for this all the way 100%. I'm still learning. But I believe that I've been able to do the best that I can to be who I am in my core as much as possible in, in my, like, it shows outside of my shell as well. Because I'm holding fast to what I believe in while still a lot of times I am having to protect these things in in a way where it's not always obvious. It, It doesn't always look like that. You can't always tell. Everybody doesn't always know, but you'll know. So pretty much I'm not screaming it at the top of every building or you know, I'm not screaming. It's not the first thing that I, I talk about or I say or I mention, but it's definitely something that it comes down to. So when I realized that, you know, obviously I felt like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with us? What is wrong with this? You know, how am I supposed to survive in this world? What am I supposed to do? Do I even have a place here? And the Bible says you are not of this world because if you were of this world, then the world would accept you as its own. But since you are not of this world, the world does not accept you. And that's what it's felt like my entire life. I've never felt I've had a real place here. Of course, I can fit. I can, you know, I can, you know, I can, I'm not very good at camouflage. So I was going to say I can camouflage. I'm not very good at blending in. But I can do my best to survive here. But I don't belong here. I never fit here. I always find myself, you know, feeling very different, very unique. And God has told me my entire life, you are unique. You are unique. But the very definition of holy is to be set apart. So I've always found myself being set apart from everything and everyone else in this world. And all the way up until these last couple of years, no, I've always known it. And that's one thing that God has instilled in me. I want to be very careful to make sure that I am definitely, you know, telling the whole story, the truth, as honest as possible that I can. God has always had my back and he's always been there and he's always been telling me who I am. He's always instilled things in me. He's trained me up and he's he's raised me so I know who he who he is and so that I love myself. I have a certain love for myself, which also contributes to me not letting him go and contributes to me not allowing certain things for myself that are not my worth that don't represent my worth you know despite the mistakes I've made so I have all the like God gets all the credit he gets all the glory and 
the honor when it comes to that. Absolutely. Yet still, you know, all the way up into this point, I never really knew for sure. Like, I knew for sure, but it's I don't know how to explain it. I can't explain how it feels like it's two different people on the inside of my soul and my spirit when I'm spending time with God when I pray. And in my heart, I'm somebody else then. I decide and have to be when I'm out in this world and maneuvering, even though I'm not. Like, I'll still operate and move from what's really in my heart. But at the same time, I can't. Not all the way 100% like I want to because I'm hindered by this world. And some people will let us say, no, don't ever let the world hinder you or that's never true. And, you know, that just that mindset alone is the real hindrance. It's not actually the world. And I beg to differ because... I know it's spiritual and you, I don't know, like I can't tell you what you've been through or if you've been in similar situations, but I see the, you know, it's not a coincidence that it always comes down to abandoning what God has instilled in me, giving that up for whatever it is that's being offered or set before me, abandoning my beliefs and I won't do it. And there's going to be so many different people who disagree with that. There's going to be so many different people who are like, no, nobody wants you to abandon your beliefs. We're just saying that maybe you should consider it from this perspective. And that perspective is requiring that you abandon your beliefs. But, you know, I won't argue with you about it because I can't imagine that you understand if you feel that that is okay. You know, even though I'm not going to automatically assume that you don't. But that being said, God has revealed so much to me. He told me to trust him. He told me to have faith in him. He told me to keep going. And even when I wasn't always considering or being reminded that one day it'll all make sense. Like, I'm doing this anyways because I love him. That's what he wants. He doesn't want somebody who every single time they're, you know, doing the things that he's instilled in them or making the decisions that to not abandon their belief, they're considering what they'll be getting out of it. He doesn't want those people. He wants the people who are doing that because they are getting already what they need out of it. They're not abandoning their, their beliefs. They're not abandoning God. They're not abandoning the things that they love and believe in, that's enough. I may not ever get anything else out of it. I may have to suffer for it. I may, you know, end up without for however long, but that's worth it to me. It's more worth it for me because whatever it is that's being offered, however much luxury, whatever opportunity it is, whatever it is, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know, it's not worth questioning who am I or who have I become or I don't know who I am anymore. It's not worth that. And it's so it's so much deeper than it. But, you know, just to sum it up. So. So God has shown me within the last few years that 
he was right. He was right. Not that I questioned that, but I was also right in choosing him and trusting him, even when I did it without knowing that I was doing it. Like I was just being who I am. Because when you're thinking about, I don't think that you, if, I don't think that when it's really who you are, that you realize every single time you're doing that. Because it's really who you are. Kind of like when you're being kind or you're hospitable or you're compassionate towards others. You don't remember every single time you was compassionate to somebody because that's who you are. It's probably happened so many different countless times without you even realizing that's what you were doing. You never know what that can do for somebody, what it has done for people. But it's who you are and it just comes naturally. And when you're reminded about it, you're like, or when somebody points it out, you probably think to yourself, oh, like you, you are even, you know, remembering that's what you did or that's how you are. Or you're thinking to yourself, why does that seem like it's so like that's that's not how it's supposed to be for you or just period. Why are you surprised? And that's what God loves. God loves when it's in you like that. So he's revealed to me over the years. You know, when I was younger, I used to question certain things more than I do now. And I probably even forgot my thought process surrounding that or why I question these things. But he's given me answers to my prayers. As a child, when I would ask God, why do I have to, you know... Why do I have to feel like I'm lame? Why do I have to feel like I don't have things? Why do I have to feel like I'm not accepted? Like I don't fit in? Or like, you know, everybody else is afforded more than me. And God is not answering those prayers, answering, giving me the answers to that question. He's just saying that it's always best to be who you are. Remain who you are and don't let the world change you. That's would be the answer that I would get. And I always say, well, why aren't you answering why I'm not, why I don't have it, why I can't have it, why I'm not afforded these things. Why aren't you answering that? You're God, you can do anything. So why can't you just do that? You said, ask and you shall receive. And this is all I ask for. And I never get it. So why can't you just give me that? And God is saying, you know, just be who you are, you know, appreciate what you have. And don't change. Don't let the world make you feel like you need to be something else. And that is an answer. But it wasn't the answer I wanted. The answer I wanted was, you know, here is what you're asking for or why I can't have it. And it was never that a yes or no, it felt like. It was insight. And looking back, of course, I understand why I'm so grateful for God I wish I had listened more but it definitely helped to be talking to him and getting these kind of answers now now I'm getting answers to those prayers where he's showing me that I was that person the entire time and everybody else did know it and he probably couldn't, you know, fix the issue of them showing that they know it or acting in the manner I wanted them to act. But they knew it the whole time. 
And God knew it the whole time. And he can't control people and decisions that they choose to make, especially concerning sin, because that's free will. So a lot of people are going to act like, you know, they don't know who you are. A lot of people are going to treat you as if you're lesser than when they feel like you're better. A lot of people are going to, you know, isolate you because they are intimidated by your power and, you know, the things that you're capable of doing, you know, without a lot of times the things that they're afraid, like the things that you do without fear when they're afraid. A lot of people are going to be intimidated by that and they're going to make you feel like you're less than or like you're not cool enough or etc. And you start to believe it. And that's why God says, don't let the world change you. Be who you are. So God has shown me that. He revealed to me that they knew what they were doing the whole time. When people would pick on me, call me white girl, and just like make me feel like I'm not the cool one. Like I'm not cool. And deep down, they were intimidated by, you know, qualities I had, like my intelligence, which is why they call me white girl. And that's obvious, but just my, you know, a lot of times when I didn't show any fear about being who I was, you know, and embracing certain qualities about me that maybe wouldn't seem cool. I'm not afraid to be who I am. And, you know, that maybe maybe they dealt with that or they their mindset, you know, or whatever it was, they hate they were afraid of being whoever it was on the inside because they were afraid of how people would react and how people would treat them. And so I'm doing that and I'm being treated that way. And they're, you know, intimidated by how I'd rather be treated that way than change who I am in order to fit in. I don't know. I hope I explained that. I hope I didn't make that more too complicated. But it's like, obviously, I had that thought process in my mind, too. And I could have decided, you know what, I'm not going to be, I'm too, I'm too afraid to be who I am and, and be called out on it and have people make me look like I'm not cool. And I'm too afraid to not fit in. So I'm just going to fit in. Instead, I said, no, nope. I'm not more afraid of not fitting in than I am of fitting in and not being able to be who I want to be and not being able to expand on things that make me myself, that make me who I am. And I decided to do that and I decided to get picked on then because the first time I got picked on could have been enough for me. But oh, never mind, I'm fitting in. And I can't deny that I didn't do that certain times, which is why I say I wish I had listened to him more. But regardless, I listened to him enough that I am who I am today. But that being said, he's revealed to me that they knew exactly what they were doing. When they would pick on me every single time they saw that, they knew exactly what they were doing and why they were picking on me. They weren't picking on me because they felt that it was really uncool, even if they did. They weren't picking on me because of, you know, how much I didn't fit in or like it was a bad thing to not fit in. They were picking on me because of my bravery, my courage to be myself and it being a good thing that I don't fit in. It being a good thing that I'm not cool, so-called cool. 
He revealed that to me. I always thought that that was corny. That's something I've been taught to believe, you know, obviously living in this world. But I always knew what it really was. And going through the things that were very tough, like being picked on and being, you know, set apart and not being so-called cool have really shaped who I am today. It really has. And I and I suffered. I suffered and I'm still suffering for it. And I'm so grateful for it, though. You know, I still wouldn't change it. It's like I'm it's like the more you decide to be who you are, the more the world tries to beat you into some sort of cookie cutter frame so that you can fit in with everyone else. The more you fight, the more you suffer. And I'd rather fight. So. Yeah, people know what they're doing. And I feel like this is almost a cliche type conversation at this point because I've heard it so many times throughout my life now. And even in the times when, I, you know, when it mattered the most, me hearing this, you know, I listened, I heard it, I knew it was true, I knew it was right. It didn't change the hurt and the pain that I would go through when I decided to take that route. And so I did change certain things and I did compromise in certain ways where I decided to be a little bit, fit in a little bit more than I actually had to or probably otherwise would if I was 100% who I was. But I just noticed I stood out way more than I ever fit in. And I didn't force it as much as the world wanted me to. And now, you know, God is showing me the whole time everybody knew. And even when I tried to hide it so I wouldn't get picked on, even when I try to hide it, because even I recognize the jealousy and certain people's actions and how people would act and the realization that I realized it, even when it felt like, oh, you know, they're insulting my intelligence or mistaking me for ignorant, like not really knowing what's going on. I know I, I realized that, you know, I had to give all the glory to God because I probably wasn't supposed to realize it, but I realized it because he was helping me to realize it. He's showing me that they knew the whole time. They've always known. And a lot of times that I faced and went through all of this, you know, different bullying or just suffering, it was because of jealousy. It was because of intimidation. And it was a, an attempt to beat that out of me, to beat whatever it was that they were jealous of or intimidated by out of me and be done with it forever. And if they had... At this point, I'm not even mad at the suffering, even though I'm still suffering. I'm not mad at that. I'm mad at if they had actually succeeded. And what did they actually, could they have possibly succeeded on small things? You know, I don't even want to entertain that conversation because I believe in God's power. And I know for a fact that everything I am meant to be, I am. Everything I'm meant to be and am going to be, I'm going to be with his power in choosing him because out of all the many different things I did to fit in over the years and all the many different things that I changed and all the different things that I, all the different routes I went and all the different places I feel like I bounced to and fro from over the years trying to find my identity, I landed right here. And this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. 
I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be. So that means that it didn't matter. It would have mattered no matter what happened to me or what I deal with, what I face with, what circumstances I was afforded or what or was not afforded, I would have always ended up right here. And God revealing that to me was like everything. It was everything. Because all those all those many years I spent questioning God's power, but not questioning it. Like I know you're powerful, but I'm questioning it, your power because why aren't you you know, taking control of certain situations the way I feel that you should? Or why aren't you doing the things that I feel that you should be doing? Why aren't you showing your power in the way that I feel like you should show your power? And that's what made me question God's power. And that's not questioning his power to me because that means that you believe that he is that powerful. It just is questioning why he isn't using it or for what reasons he is using it for. Because in order for you to believe that he is that in in order for you to question his power or question what he's capable of doing, then you probably wouldn't even expect for him to even have responsibility for these things to ask him about them. If you were really questioning his power, you're not questioning his power. So over t- over time, you know. It's being made clear that no matter what I did, I will always land where I'm supposed to go. And I don't want to use that as an excuse to not walk my purpose and my destiny after it's been revealed to me. Like, clearly he's showing me now for a reason. And clearly all of this is happening for a reason. But that is a... Like, it's comforting to know that no matter what happens. You know, I, I fight so hard and I try so hard and I'm doing the best I can to do what I feel like is necessary or is the right thing to do. But when it comes down to it, if I fall completely off from this and I wound up somewhere that looks 100% opposite of what I'm doing right now and I feel that I've lost or I feel that, you know, I failed at something, I, I I can always find comfort in the fact that no matter how far or near I am from whatever I feel like I'm supposed to be, I'll always land where I'm supposed to be. I've been so far from here, like seven years of smoking marijuana, high school dropout, um, borderline alcoholism, and, you know, other things. And then God uses me as a vessel. Like, I felt that I was so far. I didn't feel I was so so super far from God, but I definitely feel that I was so far from ever being holy enough or righteous enough to ever be used as a vessel from, you know, by God. So imagine smoking weed for seven years every day, not being able to go a day without smoking marijuana. And then drinking a fifth of alcohol every day for at least two years or maybe three. And smoking cigarettes and dropping out of high school. And, you know, spending, wasting so much time on things that do not matter. But every now and again, you find time for the Lord. And then, boom. You're used as a chosen vessel. He's choosing you 
feeling that you are worthy enough to carry, you know, the responsibility, like to, to be able to, excuse me, represent his kingdom. Like me, you feel like I'm supposed to represent your kingdom. And you could probably think of a million other people that you feel will look more fitting or appear more worthy of that position. And it's you. So like I said, no matter where I go in life, no matter how far left I go, no matter how many mistakes I make or where I end up, I'm always going to land where I'm supposed to be. I'm always going to end up where I'm destined to be. God has shown me that. And I'm so blessed to be to have been my destiny, my purpose to have been revealed to me. Now, that is something that I'm still battling with the understanding of. You know, if I'm always going to land where I'm supposed to be no matter what because of God, then how is it possible that some people don't don't ever get their purpose or their destiny revealed to them in their lifetime? Weren't they supposed to land or end up wherever they were supposed to be regardless? Like, is it possibly something, anything I could do wrong that could take my destiny away from me? Obviously so, if I have to fight for it. But yet still, there's nothing I can do wrong to ever mess this up. And I don't understand how both can be true. But I'm just going to do what I feel like my heart lays me to do. And my heart led me to never give up on God. That landed me here. Maybe if I had given up on God, I wouldn't be here. Or maybe there was no possible way I ever would have given up on him. Maybe there was nothing I could have ever done to ever not land here. Who knows? This is how it happened. This is destiny. And God wouldn't reveal to me, like, you get your purpose and you get your destiny in your lifetime. Something that people die without if that weren't the truth. Some people die without ever knowing their purpose and their destiny in this life. And I just want to know what they did wrong. Where did they go wrong? How could you ever forfeit that? Because I wasn't able to do anything wrong to forfeit that. And if I ever could, I probably would have by now. I make very grave mistakes. You know, I've made so many different mistakes. And I'm afraid that I could possibly make one that would forfeit that. But God is showing me no. So I just want to know why. But it's because I'm chosen. And, you know, sometimes I question that because I don't question God's, you know, choosing. He doesn't make mistakes. But what, how? Just like I question why are certain people chosen to be afforded more stable lifestyles than myself? But I am now wondering how I'm so blessed. So, that being said, you know, I realize God knows what he's doing. And, like, if I ever am super confused about why people get what they get or why I've gotten what I've gotten, I can always count on the fact that God is... He never makes mistakes and because I can trust him, like I'm comforted. I feel so much better and I don't feel anxious about it 
or worry about the decisions that's being made because they can all be like they're in the right hands. They're in God's hands. He's doing what needs to be done. So I can trust that and find comfort in that. And I definitely feel so much better. I'm not losing any sleep because of it.